Hey everyone, welcome to an emergency edition of the Titan Slayers podcast, hosted by the Brokage's Anime Podcast. Today we're focusing on that exciting new episode of the Attack on Titan Season 4 Part 2, so... I think, Luke, do you want to just get us started here? Welcome, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's honestly so hard to like keep track of what was happening when in this episode, because there was so much happening all at once, and I'm like still trying to process it. Um, but there's still like the fight going on between Aaron and Rainier. Uh, and Porco, our boy, the cart titan or the uh, jaw titan. Horrible name. And out. Horrible <laughs> name. Call him Gallard. Gallard? Gallard? Gallard, I think. Yeah. Gallard. One of the all time worst first names. I'm glad that uh, they use last names a lot more often. Uh, Thank <laughs> you, Japan, as <laughs> an entire country. Yeah, for sparing us from an entire episode of Porco uh, as a name. In <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Aaron is still fighting you know, for his goddamn life out here. Uh, and he's trying to make his way to Zeke because we don't think Zeke is dead, even though he got shot in the uh, like trapezius there, like between his shoulder and neck. Yep. Um, and the reason why they're trying to do that is because Aaron has the founding Titan and Zeke is of the royal family who has the power to use the founding Titan, right? When they touch, as we all know, but just as for like some context. Um, so there's a lot going on in this war scene. You know, we alluded to it being kind of like Game of Thrones, like the anime version of Game of Thrones. Uh, and similar to Game of Thrones in some of the more famous episodes, there's just like a lot of going, a lot going on in this, in this war episode, right? <laughs> uh, so... George, why don't, you, why don't you go from there about what was happening? Yeah, so Aaron is, like, trying to make his way over to the Beast Titan, right? And he's, like, still fighting basically three Titans, the Cart, the Jaw, and then Reiner. And he's, you know, he's holding his own. He's kind of taking it to them. The Jaw Titan is doing his best to contribute, but really is just, again, a burden to everyone. Uh, but as, you know, Reiner eventually, because uh, the Cart Titan gets a shot off on him, and, he's able to, and Reiner's able to pin Aaron. And as that's happening, we kind of get a flashback on... Porco, and we find out that, or we, it's kind of reestablished that the reason why Reiner is one of these, you know, main titans is because uh, Galler's older brother had basically tanked Porco's application to titanhood, uh, and because he was trying to protect him, right? And so we kind of get that flashback, which becomes very important right before you know Aaron just again trashes the heck out of Porco. Um, whose name I continue to have to say for some reason. I keep thinking of bacon or something of that <laughs> matter. But, uh, you know, Por- Porco wasn't that much that far away from bacon, right, as he was just being basically treated as mincemeat at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and again later, a little foreshadowing there, George. You're, you're really a professional, as, you, as we can tell. Well, you know, <laughs> the, the sponsors are on their way, we hear. So. Right, yeah. So this is the most Porco I think that we've ever gotten in uh, an Attack on Titan episode. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it pays off later and we'll get there. Um, but, you know, at the same time as this battle between the Titans is going on, uh, the scouts are converging on the cart Titan and the uh, Marleyan general. Um, and they end up getting sneaking around be, the back of them uh, and shooting and taking out the tank that's basically on the car Titan's back, right? Um, and the general who's been causing so so many problems with his sharpshooting. Um, so we also got like one of the coolest uh, scenes in the early stills in the 
season four part two so far uh where mikasa who's just like the goat like oh she's i don't know where the paradisians would be without the Ackermans, like without levi and mikasa but she just comes through and she slashes like two soldiers throat and throats like from the back and like just very very cool it so, was like, not that i yeah it was Go so ahead. cool she's like the hardest character then armin's there like basically trying his best and looking like armin while mikasa is just she's so i mean she was carrying probably 500 thunder spears as well while the rest of them were like together carrying two it was like mm-hmm. she's just the whole army she's like maybe worth two titans alone and the fact <laughs> that we hadn't gotten more fight scenes out of her from the first two episodes is a national tragedy tragedy to Japan and you know maybe even the US so an international travesty really <laughs> right yeah um so while that's going on you know what we talked about last episode is like is he going to scream remember he put his spinal fluid in all of this wine that the paradisians drank and the eldians drank and if they drink his spinal fluid and he yells it, he has basically the power to turn them into the mindless you know human uh, hungry titans that we saw so much of the first so, so much of in the first two seasons and they were like the big baddies um so the big question if you remember from our last pod in the last episode was is he gonna scream especially knowing that his boy falco accidentally got some of that wine in his mouth and then will also turn into a titan if he were to scream yeah and it's in this episode actually that Zeke is finally confronted with the fact that Falco has been kind of injected or has consumed the spinal fluid, right? And so it's, you know, it starts to get really, really dark. And to, you know, before we get further in the episode, it's worth noting that, like, a lot of important characters have now drank the wine between Falco, between some, one of the, some of the Eldian generals we really have come to know and, you know, like. It's, you know, if, if this yell actually gets off, it's, it's going to be tragic, Right. Right. No, totally. I mean, it's definitely going to turn the tide of the battle as well, right? Because the Titans are like a huge military power. And as you said, you know, this show has no fear of kind of killing off very important characters. So a lot of the very important characters, like I think his name is like Commander Rose Mm -hmm. or something. He's like head of the, the wall guard. Um, And then all of basically the LDN army that's like in the vicinity is going to turn into these mindless titans and kind of kill indiscriminately but it's definitely going to turn the tide in the favor of aaron and zeke right which is really what they care about most so far they they kind of are willing to sacrifice some lives to reach their ultimate goal or zeke's ultimate goal of uh eldian euthanization so that no more eldians are born into this world of pain and suffering Um, which kind of by the way like just to tie into our namesake anime, it's a little bit similar to Madara's goal, um, which he was right, uh, of putting everybody into the infinite Tsukumome (laughs) because there's so much pain and suffering in the world. Um, And as two guys who understand that life is pain, you know, I always kind of thought Madara didn't have such a bad idea. And uh, I'm curious to think, to hear what you think of Zeke's plan, George. Do you think oh, that, yeah, no bringing no more Eldians into the world of pain and suffering is a good idea? <laughs> well, listen, it's a better idea than, you know, having a little uh, switcheroo into a Kaguya situation. But we won't, we won't fight that <laughs> battle again. Um, I, I, you know, listen, I'm not going to take Zeke's side on this. We'll give you this side as a sad, sad boy that you are and me. I'm a good-hearted... Fe- 
person. I'm like Mikasa and Armin. I would never even entertain this fact, Luke. And that's why that's why the people love me as the podcast host. And while you're, let's be honest, the villain here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a fun little lie that you just told. Um, <laughs> I have never told a lie in my life. How dare you? Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because you run the Twitter that is far more popular than my Instagram <laughs> doesn't mean you get to have a big head and have all the the fans on your side all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> anyway, getting back to the show, um, we we get that pay, that like sort of payoff of Falco and Colts, Falco's older brother, confronting Zeke um, because they have these relationships, and Colts like. Listen, I don't even want to throw a wrench in your plans, man. I just want to save my little brother. Like, let's get him out of range, and then you can kill as many people as you want, my guy. And it's 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 amazing, too, because, like, Gabby, who in the last episode is like, these people are people, while Colt is like, you know, no, no, we just have to get Falco out of here, then you can kill them all. She's still, like, bringing up the horse, and I understand that Falco, Falco is like, you know, has just confessed his love to her and everything, but you'd think that maybe she would have tried to argue a little bit more for, like, hey, Zeke, maybe don't. Uh, but no, she's like yeah. bringing up the horse. He's like, yeah, we just got to get Falco out of here and then peace, right? It's like, and then, you know, in the vein of, and as you understand, life is pain or, you know, can't can't win them all, can't win any. Well, Zeke is just like, listen, I got a brother who I love too. So this is very sad for me. <laughs> and then he yells and you see like Colt look horrified at Falco. Falco look just horrified and terror in his eyes. And then, you know, it's just tightenification o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Well, and just to go back to the little Gabby point there that you had, uh, Gabby still sucks. All right, moving on. Um, so yeah, Falco is like trying to get Colt away from him. Actually. He's like, Colt, you got to run, man. Like I'm about to turn into a Titan. He's trying to save his older brother. Like his older brothers tried to save him, which was like a little bit of a touching moment, but, and it, it, to make it more touching, Colt was like, no, I'm going to be with you until the end. And then gets his ass scorched by the Titan transformation uh, as he, as he yells and transforms everybody, including this little boy into a bloodthirsty Titan. Um, so that was like a pretty huge payoff. And, you know, for the people who listened to the last episode, you know, we talked about it last time too, of like, will Zeke do this? Is he going to be that heartless? Um, and it turns out, you know, he is willing to say, Hey, I understand your pain, but fuck it. <laughs> but tough luck, you know? And I think, I think the moment was really important for attack on Titan as a show as well, because the first like two seasons, three seasons are full of these like incredible character moments and these incredible, like really horrifying moments. And in some ways, you know, us as the audience have become kind of, uh, you know, numb to a Titan gnawing off the head of one of our main characters. Like we've seen that. You know, we're 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 hard at heart, uh, so yeah. to speak. I regret it's saying Game that. of Thrones. <laughs> I regret saying hard at heart, but it's it's out there in the it's out there in the world. But like the way that season four has progressed with like setting this up, the slow burn of like characters we love drinking the wine, like characters thinking we've won. You know, we've learned to come to know and love Falco. To be honest, like Falco is one of the good ones, and yeah, definitely. You know, you know, and then just to have Z kind of just rip into all of our chests and pull out our hearts, right? It's like, it's one of those moments I didn't really think Attack on Titan would truly be able to pull off again. And it was, it was horrible and like exactly an Attack on Titan way. Exactly. It's exactly, and that's why I think that that comparison between Attack on Titan and Game of Thrones is so apt is because I think Attack on Titan is willing to do some of the things that we don't expect from a TV show, right? We're like, we talked about in the Demon Slayer, uh, 
portion of, of Titan Slayers last time, you know, the idea of plot armor, right? And how like the characters that we get to know and love tend to have this plot armor and then they're, you know, everything is going to work out for them, right? And that's what we've come to expect. But Attack on Titan is interesting and fun because it doesn't, it doesn't do that, you know. I mean, at least it doesn't do that to the extent of of, of some other shows, you know. Yeah, although they're a little, I guess everyone, if you ha- haven't watched the episode and you're listening to this, spoiler alerts. But there there is a little bit of plot armor that's gained in this uh, episode, I would say. But we'll move on from that in a second. So do you want to kind sort of, of. <laughs> sort? Well, we'll get there. But uh, uh, so. He screams, and you want to kind of take over what happens after that. So everyone explodes into Titans, right? Falco, General Rose, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, what has become a war has now just become like a merciless, pointless slaughter of Titans and people and this Mm -hmm. and that. And so Reiner's managed again to kind of pin Aaron down. Mm -hmm. And at the same time now, Falco's Titan starts to try to make a run at Reiner. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So Falco's Titans trying, and I actually want to make an, a point that when you're saying it's a slaughter, it's an indiscriminate slaughter, right? Because the Titans to this point aren't controlled mm-hmm. by the founding Titans. So they're just killing people, right? That's what their kind of prerogative is as Titans. So it's both Marleans and Eldians, um, which, you know, there's a question for a lot of AOT fans. I think most people side on, on the side of the Eldians, but um, one of the great things about the show is that they make it you know lots of gray areas right mm-hmm. so some people might be rooting for the uh, uh marleans despite the fact that uh they've been kind of uh repressing the Eldians. so it, it's it's an important point to make is that the titans are killing everybody at this point yeah. right um but we're focused on uh the falco like titan who's you know a mindless drone but it, it's a mindless drone that comes from falco yeah. so it sees Rainier and uh, Aaron fighting, uh, and it goes straight for for Rainier, basically. Yeah. Um, and Rainier, you know, he gets bodied by Aaron, but he's still like a pretty good fighter compared to like the mindless beast, like the Titans that are just running around, like base Titans. I don't know what, to, what else to call them. Yeah. <laughs> They're like not the special ones. So he pins down Falco and is pinning down Aaron at the same time. And he's like, shoot, like I'm not going to be able to hold them both down at the same time like aaron's going to get away right um and falco actually ends up getting away earlier uh because i think aaron like fucks with 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 reiner i don't remember exactly how it happened Um, well i think what also happened right is that so the the beast titan zeke gets a another headshot and then he starts to dissolve right and so reiner actually thinks that the beast titan is dead Right. Um, and so he, you know, right before this, as he was pinning down Aaron and and Falco, he's like, oh, my God, is it my story to be the one to kill Falco? This happens. And he's like, OK, like, well, now the problem of Aaron and Zeke meeting up and touching is gone because we've lost the, you know, they don't they can't connect when the man of royal blood is dead. So he's kind of letting Aaron go, who kind of reaches for Zeke. And it's this very interesting moment. You're like, oh, what's going on? Something something weird's going on. So Aaron gets away and Falco also starts to kind of gnaw on the neck of of Reiner, right? And right. You start yeah. to get to this moment where Reiner's like, oh, it's over. The battle's over. Maybe I should kind of sacrifice myself for this young boy. Yeah. Well, so I, I think that that's really you know, well said, George. But you know, <laughs> As I really most wanna, things are. 
well, I don't know about that, but anyway, <laughs> we'll move. I, th I think that it was a really, really important moment, you know, because it, it's a big payoff for the character of Rainier, right? Because he's like gone through so much pain and suffering. And he was the first one to really understand that the Eldians and the Marleans aren't that different, right? They're just people. Uh, he, they, they like uh, infiltrated the Eldians before everybody else. Uh, Bertholf died, his, you know, his boy. Uh, a lot of the people that he came with didn't make it, but Rainier did, right? And he, came, he had all this internal struggle and strife um, and has really been kind of de depressed from that. Yeah, I mean, it, like, broke him, right? Like, he, he kind of lost his mind. He was going in and out of, like, different personalities and just, like, breaking mentally, you know, just at the seams. So it was, you know, clearly this whole thing has taken a huge emotional and mental toll on him. And he sees Aaron for a lot of this season kind of not as a kindred spirit, but he he empathizes with Aaron to a huge degree based on what he's been through. Exactly, exactly. Um, so with all of that background knowledge... Uh, and thinking that, you know, that Zeke is dead, the threat of Aaron and Zeke meeting up and then being able to control the power of the founding Titan without the restriction from the old, the old Royal family, the old King of, uh, saying no war ever. Right. Yeah. Um, and trying to stay behind the walls, uh, which is a super dangerous thing for the world. Right. Because the, the Titan power is, is like a huge threat to humanity yeah, we, it's it's worth wondering whether titans can swim right that's <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is worth wondering also whether they whether or not they need to breathe though because like they don't seem to like actually need food they just eat humans just as like their prerogative so like there's like a lot of like weird stuff that we don't necessarily need to that we don't necessarily know about the titans but i think that the idea is that the rumbling you know that they've been threatening for uh throughout the show would be a huge threat to humanity on the mainland off of Paradise Island. Um, so I think it's safe to say that there's some way that the Titans can get off the island, Yay. supposedly. Um, but anyway, going back to Rainier. So he's having his neck gnawed on by uh, Falco. And he's getting to the point where he's like, should I take off my neck armor and let Falco eat me? And then, you know, basically restore his humanity. So he's accepted his death and he thinks that he's done a good job um, yeah. in preventing like this catastrophe of, of Zeke and, and Aaron meeting up. And I, I thought it was a really striking moment for me because, you know, in my, in my life, right. Like I see people who are dying a lot. Like I work in a hospital. I, I end up talking to people who are on death's door a lot. And I, I find it very rare understandably so right that somebody has accepted their fate right yeah. even if you know you've seen it kind of written on the wall for 20 years you've got metastatic cancer da 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 right um so to have that portrayed in like a really realistic and emotional way where you've seen this character that we've grown with accept his death and uh actually kind of want it it seems yeah i think he would welcome it for sure he's been through so much yeah yeah i thought it was just a big a very emotional moment and then we see our shining our knight in shining armor our boy porco comes oh, out of his <laughs> titan and uh and throws a wrench in rainer's plans 
Uh, so George, why don't you take it over from there? Yeah. So it turns out that the Jaw Titan, our boy, boy Tor- Porco, the uh, he's taken so much damage at this point. He's gotten bodied so hard by Aaron that he can't regenerate anymore, and it's pretty clear that he's going to die. And he's like, I finally saw my brother's memories when like Reiner and the Jaw Titan touched at some point, and I learned that it was not actually that you beat me out for, you know, the the. What is his name? Armor the, Titan. The Armor Titan. Yeah. It's that. Um, it's that. My brother didn't want me to become a Titan, and so he sacrificed, uh, or he kind of trashed me to the the people in charge. And so he was like, "But I was always better than you." And I'm, this has proven it. And now that it has, uh, Falco's going to eat me instead. Uh, and so it's also worth pointing out with like Reiner and you. And I think this is something that we should think about for the rest of the show. Uh, but they all all have a 13 year clock of life. And Reiner got his Titan a long time ago, so at some point it's going to be worth him sacrificing the armor Titan as well. Uh, but in this case, it is Porco's turn. And you know, there's something kind of ironic about the Jaw Titan about to get eaten, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Um, which you know, I, I think it's also kind of ironic that the one episode where we really like care about porco uh he dies so it's like he's only important in death uh but still it was um it was a big moment and i actually i liked it i liked that you know we're getting to have falco back in our lives uh and rainer is still going to play an important role in the show um but we were talking you know off of the recording and i think you were more disappointed in it. I think you thought that Rainier's arc should have come to a close there and it would have been very fitting. Is that right? Well, I think it would have been a nice kind of, you know, close to his story, especially because I care about him more than I maybe care about Gallard here. Um, and I also think Just Porco, that, by the way. Porco, sadly, sadly. Porco, not the pig. But um, I will say that I, uh, I'm a little worried that we're going to get too many characters coming back from the the dead here so to speak with armin falco and i my, my guess is you know levi coming back from the dead is some sort of titan eventually um and so if they're going to keep using the, i i'm i would i would prefer them not to continuously use this as a you know resurrection method where death and attack on titan has historically and in my opinion should continue to be kind of permanent right yeah well, yeah, I, th- I hope that they don't too, but, um, you know, I think that, I think that they probably will, at least for Levi, um, would be my guess. Uh, but also I do want to kind of pat us on the back while we're talking about Levi, um, and that we did get, we don't read the ma- manga. We try to avoid spoiler- spoilers online. So when we make predictions, you know, we're, we're with you, the anime watcher and just making predictions based off of the, what we've seen in the anime. And if you recall, we kind of predicted that. A, um, Zeke would yell and turn everyone to fight Titans, and it would be a very like traumatic thing. So yeah. go us. We were right. I um, think you but, specifically said you thought it would be as Falco was right in front of him. Like I did. I yeah. did. Yeah. I'm, well done. I'm a genius. Yeah. Luke is yeah. kind of here being like, listen, I want to toot my own horn, but uh, toot can fucking toot, right? <laughs> well, I was just about to be humble afterwards. I was going to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, it's coming. Yeah. We also predicted Levi to get the cart Titan because we thought it would work best for, you know, his like human skill set with its agility and its sharp like claws and like teeth and stuff like that um so we were wrong there so we're one for two 
So, True. you know, That's just true. keeping track for those keeping track at home. You know, we're we're doing an okay job, but batting 500, all right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> they say you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, but we miss about 100% of the shots we do take. So, when we get one, we're very psyched about it. Exactly, exactly. We got to remind you about it. Um, but anyway, so after Porco gets eaten, uh, we cut back to Aaron who froze himself with the crystal and the titan. Uh, with the Warhammer had, powers. With the Warhammer powers, yes, exactly. Um, and froze uh, Rainier uh, with him, basically, to kind of trap him. And then he's ta- taking a human sprint, right? Just like a regular guy sprint towards Zeke, who is alive. What? Uh, <laughs> so No way! <laughs> so that was, that was like a big reveal as well. We're just having reveal after reveal. And then as he's running towards Zeke, he gets his freaking headshot off by Gabby, who again generally sucks. So- oh, man, that was such a sick shot, though. Like I like, especially because we don't like. Remember, we don't know if Aaron's a good or bad guy, and he looks evil at this moment and just helps Zeke. Gabby kind of looks like a freaking hero in that moment. Look like you know she's looking like the Cart Titan out there, just landing a merciless headshot. And you have this amazing kind of picture of Aaron's head just spinning, co- totally ripped from his body, right? And it's kind of making its way over to Zeke as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which I don't know where she got. This gun that shoots apparently like flying discs to slice necks right off. She just apparently had it. It's like on a tripod already. She was sitting there waiting. Well, Colt was carrying it when they first showed up. And so she, I guess, must have set it up. And I've heard of 50 calibers, but that seemed like a 500 caliber. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that aside, it was a, it was a crazy shot. It was a very cool uh, sequence. And I was sitting here watching it as it went to like the quote unquote commercial, but I'm on Crunchyroll, so there's no commercials, dads. Um, (laughs) So as as I watched it and I I paused it at that point because I was like, oh my God, this like episode is crazy. There's so much happening. And that was only halfway through the episode. Like I, there's so much going on. Yeah, so, so for reference, I was taking notes while watching the episode. And so when Zeke screams, which is like eight minutes into it, I am in all caps, no, <laughs> like, oh my God. And then we get to this moment, which leads into commercials. And I just, and like, I'm finding a, a larger font to be like, no, uh, sorry for those of you wearing headphones for that, you know scream slash hopefully it didn't rumble your ears too much but uh (laughs) all right and we just lost all of our audience and it's been like thank you for listening to the uh, slayers episode three uh catch us on um but uh yeah i mean this episode right just twists and turns yeah yeah it's been crazy um so anyway after the after the the commercial break quote unquote we come back uh and aaron is all of a sudden in this weird blue dream and we get to see you know, Mappa flex a little bit with the animation at this point. You know, they have some sequences of like this bright blue, beautiful eye, similar to the Gojo blue, beautiful eye. Um, and we have this like, I don't know, sort of trippy out of body experience um, of Aaron ending up in this weird blue world. Um, after Zeke, by the way, makes this incredible catch while uh, he's like immobile, basically, and catches Aaron's head and palms it. Yeah. Um, what an athlete Zeke is. <laughs> he looked like Babe Ruth out there, you know, classic baseball reference that we all get because we, you know, we all know that Babe Ruth, clearly a master fielder, right? You play baseball. 
big sports guys. <laughs> Babe Ruth, not known for his fielding, but he is a baseball player. That is correct, George. I've heard so, it both anyway. ways. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> <laughs> we go back and we get this flashback of Aaron and Zeke talking. Right. And this is like the moment that they decided to agree on this original plan, right? Or AKA Zeke's plan to euthanize the Eldians together. Right. Yep. So to this point, we've all been thinking, and Aaron has been putting on airs that he's working with Zeke. Right. Um, and this is the moment that it, it, the agreement was made. And in that moment, they don't want to shake hands because if they touch, you know, there's, the connection between the founding Titan and the Royal family. And we don't know what sort of consequences that might have. So Zeke's like here, have this baseball because it's like very meaningful to him <laughs> because uh, it's Zeke. And that's like his thing, right? Like right. He, uh, he's a giant monkey Titan who throws stuff at, like he's a baseball pitcher. <laughs> exactly. He's baseball guy. Um, and yeah, and also he had like his adopted father who like always played catch. Blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, it's more yeah, fun yeah, to think yeah, he's baseball yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, man, you watch the show. We get it, Luke. Oh, you have an anime <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, instead of catching the ball, uh, Aaron fumbles it and it, and it falls, right? Which... He literally drops the ball, which is just so one heavy handed and metaphorical in so many ways. It's brutal. It's kind of like you on the podcast every week. Yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> wow, you are hateful. Our relationship is coming to a close soon, guys. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast at this point. <laughs> but anyway, so now we see Aaron in this kind of dream world uh, where they say all paths converge, right? Um, everyone who uh, uses the power of the founding Titan, Zeke, explains to us, uh, comes to this dream world. Uh, yeah. So, George, why don't you kind of take over from from there about what's happening? Yeah, so Aaron kind of wakes up in this dream world after, again, having his head literally shot off by Gabby and hit, caught in Zeke's hands. And Zeke, who had actually just, you know, a couple episodes earlier been in this dream world by, by uh, when he was kind of killed by the Thunderspear with uh, Levi. Mm-hmm. And... So that's where he was rebuilt, right? So he's been here before. And so when, when Aaron shows up, he's kind of in chains. Like he's like locked up and he's like bound by kind of the will. Um, and he can't do anything. And so it right. turned out that Aaron was still technically alive when his head was palmed. And so as a result, they were able to make the connection. And Zeke was kind of just trapped here waiting for Aaron to, you know, basically be rebuilt so that they can, can conduct the rest of his plan. So he's, he's like, you know, Aaron, let's do this. Yeah, right. And we had a little bit of foreshadowing to this moment earlier. Remember when uh, we saw Zeke in this weird area and his body was being rebuilt by like some girl. Um, And that was like earlier in the episode. Um, So that now we're finally here and Zeke is like explaining to us like that he's been here forever, right? He's kind of gone crazy. And now he has this long hair and long beard that like kind of shows that he's been here forever. He's looking very handsome. (laughs) <laughs> yes, very handsome, very jacked as well. Um, looking almost like Tengen, let's just say. Right. So then Aaron turns around and he sees like this girl walking towards them and he's all freaked out. And Zeke's like, no, 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 don't worry. That's Ymir. She's the founder. She lives in this world and uh, you can now like control her as the one who's, you know, in charge of the founding Titan, right? Um, so she's walking towards him and he's like basically pleading with Aaron while he's in change, quote unquote. Yep. Um, and he's like, Aaron, we agreed to this. Tell her to euthanize all of the 
Eldians, command her. We can save the world, right? Please do this. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, we talked about this uh, last week as well, uh, whether we thought Aaron was actually going along with this plan or if he had some other plan as well. And again, another hit, hit for the Brokage's podcast. We thought that he had some other plan and agreed with Armin that he was kind of just playing along, yeah. right? We didn't know what that plan is. And frankly, we still don't. But uh, yeah go us um so again aaron, toot. yeah so again aaron turns around and he's like bitch <laughs> he's he like how about gonna... how about no yeah <laughs> he thought i was going along with your plan that's ridiculous i just used you to get here and then he like turns around to your and he starts giving her orders or like he like holds his hand out to her to like make the connection and she just like walks right by him yeah right? he's like uh what's going on <laughs> yeah, we get this huge reveal, right? That then Zeke is like, oh no, it's you who's in chains. This was all a test, right? And so the chains fall off Zeke and they get attached to Aaron. He's now kind of, he, it's him who's trapped. And it turns out that Zeke was just kind of gaslighting Aaron to figure out whose side that, you know, whose side is Aaron truly on? Because he had his skepticals. Maybe because Aaron decided to drop the metaphorical ball that Zeke threw at him as a handshake. Maybe you shouldn't have kind of shown your hand that obviously earlier in the season but whatever Aaron so it turns out Aaron's been just got but Zeke is like you know what you're my brother and it's kind of calling back to the Falco cult moment before you're my brother you've been brainwashed I'm not leaving you behind we're going to do this together we're going to like change the world together yeah it was a big uh double uno reverse card uh by zeke there <laughs> he's just playing him change just come right off he's like gotcha bitch uh, <laughs> do you think then, uno is hold on before do you think Uno's the most like memes and references to people actually playing ratio that exists in games in the world <laughs> because when's the last time anyone's actually played uno hey uh my old roommate steve fucking loved uno oh i'm so sorry steve you know what steve if you listen to the podcast which you surely do we literally actually just hit 100 listeners so thank you all but you know he's definitely probably one of those 100 listeners so you know thank you and you know sorry to hate on uno like that maybe the reverse card has now been played on me it's true you just gotta (laughs) reverse yourself my friend uh so zeke breaks his chains right uh another heavy-handed metaphor i guess and he's like don't worry buddy we're gonna do this together and then they're like headbutt there's like some electricity episode over oh um, i know so, a cliff talk about a cliffhanger right like geez i was mad at demon slayer for earlier in the day and we'll get to demon slayer probably on a part two podcast but mm-hmm. this is the the cliffhanger you know this is the cliff on the edge of all cliffs hangers Absolutely. Yeah. We still don't know what Aaron's original plan was. How was he going to try to get the Eldians out of this? What path was he going to take? You know, there's a lot of questions that are yet to be answered. Um, And I guess we'll see how he tries to take the power back from Zeke, if that's even possible. It doesn't seem like Zeke is going to be convinced to follow (laughs) Aaron's plan. Um, I I don't think we got any Naruto type talk no jutsu coming our way, sadly. Maybe not sadly. We can actually have some interesting, you know, plot developments. Hey, I like to talk no jutsu sometimes. Come on. Yeah, the first three times it was great, but yeah yeah but the power of friendship you know uh if there's anything i learned from shohan anime it's that it's uh it's pretty tough pretty powerful it seems uh, less overpowered in uh in attack on titan i'll be honest we've lost a lot of friendships it's true <laughs> that's very true maybe not the right uh right episode to be talking about the power of friendship <laughs> so what do you do you have any ideas about what aaron's plan might be george 
Oh, actually, so thank you for asking. No. <laughs> I, so I, my, you know, gun to my head, I had thought he was suicidal. Does not seem like he was suicidal. Could have seemed like he could have just embraced the warm, the warm hold of death after he had his, again, head uh, shot cleanly off. Um, but with his powers of plot armor, he is still alive and is bringing, it seemingly brought back to the real world. It, I think he's now going to, you know, you don't think so? I don't think he's back in the real world. He's just in this dream world with Zeke right now because they're touching, right? Like, we don't oh, have any was, evidence he, that, like... I thought he was going to be brought back. Like, he was rebuilt in the same way that Zeke was when Zeke was dead. It right. seemed like he was going to be brought back. So maybe that's my first bold prediction. So I think he's coming back to the real world. Step one. Mm-hmm. Step the second is I think he's going to tr- want to take the uh, the battle over the seas, right? Because you go back to the flashback with Armin and he pointed... Um, to the other side of the ocean he was like if we kill all the people on that side will we be safe will things be good mm-hmm. um and so maybe that's it like maybe he's you know maybe you know Just- he's a protagonist to our our people like mikasa and armin but maybe he's the the world's antagonist and so maybe yeah. while we have this bait and switch that you know he's not the bad guy maybe he's like the bad guy right like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and I think that, that that could be, you know, very, very possible. Uh, I actually also wanted to bring up uh, while you're talking about the antagonist protagonist thing, we're planning like a little bit peek behind the curtain, like to do like uh, anime awards show eventually. And I was just looking at the nominees and Aaron Yeager is both nominated for best protagonist of the year and best antagonist oh my god really that's amazing this is the the crunchyroll anime awards by the way we're gonna do our own kind of votes for that right yeah we'll give you the right answers and then they'll give you whatever answers they have exactly Uh, we'll give you the answers don't worry for those of you in exam season but um i i do think it would be interesting if you know it would be like this almost as you said uno reverse card where you know, Aaron seemed to be the bad guy, but really he was on, you know, trying to protect Armin and Mikasa. If, what if, you know, he decides that he's going to try to murder everyone outside of the Eldian Island, and as a result, Mikasa and Armin are going to turn on him, even though he was protecting them, because they don't want to see all these innocent people dying. And so now we're going to get them again on opposite sides, but, you know, we have, we have now what... You know, we thought we had them on the same side again, but really they're just going to be on opposite sides fighting each other, and it's going to be this awful, terrible blood match. What do you kind of think about that new theory? Since my last one fell through like a like a loaf of bread through a paper plate. I don't know metaphors. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> bread just it can't stay on paper plates, as we all know from our lives. Um, but <laughs> what are you, an English anyway, major? Come on. I think it's not. I think that's not unreasonable. I mean, we are we're already seeing the cracks in the relationships and the whole you know episode where he was like shitting all over Mikasa and Armin. We still haven't had an explanation of why he was doing that. You yeah. know, so like it seems like he was doing that to build a wall between them. But like, why was he building a wall between them? We don't know yet. Um, so it could be that he was trying to keep their conscious clean while he enacted this plan to basically take over the world um, yeah. and protect the Eldians. Maybe he was trying to like be like the world's antagonist, like, you know, how kind of um, Sasuke. Sasuke did, uh, which didn't really make sense when Sasuke did it. But, you know, that's kind of the that's Naruto for you. Um, Are you saying the writing of Naruto may sometimes be flawed? How dare you? <laughs> I would never. I would never. Don't hurt me. Maybe he's building the wall because the walls are all made of colossal titans, and that way he'll have an even larger army. Who's to say? 
who's to say, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, so we could, I don't know. I'm excited to see where we go. This episode is amazing. Uh, again, I think it was the best episode of anime that I've seen in the last year. Um, and that's including Demon Slayer, which as you know, I love. Um, and I think it's probably, you know, more consistent, but I think this, this peak was higher. Um, and yeah. no, very much that- enjoyed it. Very much excited for next week. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think, like, Demon Slayer has consistently been, like, really, really strong episodes. Um, but they don't, you know, they just kind of flow one to the other. Like, this has been, like, a ha- a bunch of a bunch of episodes for a huge payoff. And I think, you know, I mean, this is why we're spending a whole emergency podcast on this specific episode. And I think that uh, we have to, we have to kind of... You know, we will definitely hit you guys with the Demon Slayer episode later. Uh, we know that this is running really long, and thank you for the, everyone who's made it this far. We really appreciate your time. We're, I think, uh, I think we've kind of, you know, wrapped up the episode. We've kind of talked about things. And don't worry for those of you who like only care about Demon Slayer. We'll do a second, you know, part two, or like let's do an Attack on Titan version, right? We'll, you know, episode three, part two, and I guess there'll have to be an episode three movie of Titan Slayers as a result afterwards. But um. Yeah, we'll be sure to hit you with those. But thank you for, you know, sticking with us this far on our first emergency podcast of the Broke Hage's Anime Podcast Network, specifically of the, the groundbreaking series Titan Slayers. Uh, Luke, do you have any final words for the, the, the good people out there before we kind of wrap up? Yeah, thanks for uh, listening to the Broke Hage's Anime Podcast Network mm. of one podcast, which is us. <laughs> We have different shows, though. We have our reviews, and now we have Titan Slayers. We're we're robust. That's true. That's true. We're we're multifaceted, multi talented. And by the way, everyone, we do have day jobs. So, not to brag, but <laughs> to all those people listening this far, yeah, exactly. All right, George, why don't you play us out? All right, thanks everyone for coming, and uh, we'll see you for the Demon Slayers half soon. Can't win them all, can't win any. (laughs) That was so good.